the uh, kind of desperate position he's in in this new form of of Hollywood. Like he's broke, he can't seem to land any writing gigs. The head of Paramount doesn't like his uh, slick and glossy baseball picture that he's pitching called "Bases Loaded," which is just kind of a funny title. It's 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 very funny that like. Uh, when he he's he's like pitching these things and they're all just like yeah dude this these fucking suck dude like we're not gonna make any money on this and you know <laughs> yeah. his 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 agent is playing golf instead of helping him and he can't even get a loan and his he's getting into mini car chases with repo men who are looking to collect on his debts like it's it's a really hilarious kind of like introduction to this very sort of like desperate screenwriter just literally trying to land any gig he's like literally I will I will write dialogue lines I will punch up scripts. Anybody, please, yeah. for the love of God. <laughs> At a certain point, he's just asking people for money, too. He's not even looking yes. for a job. He's just like, can I just have some money, please? For the love of God, I can't I can't get rid of this awesome car that I have. And I love the to the point, too, where it shows his character is just kind of like fed up and the scene moves along where he's talking to the one producer and the producer's going off about like his finances and, and his investments and all of that. And the scene just as he's talking, just trails off into the next scene. <laughs> like, they're like, I'm not even going to continue listening to this guy. Um, and I, yeah, I love those little bits like that. I also love that this was shot on, like, the actual Paramount studio. Like, this is a Paramount film, so they just gave them full access. They were just like, yeah, we love the idea of, like, Paramount being a, a character in the movie almost like just have take your have your scenes take place here have a guy play the fake head of paramount or whatever and and they it, it lets them include the line for nesmond uh for uh, norma desmond uh without me there wouldn't be any paramount studio which uh yeah. is a great line because gloria as well was one of in the silent era she was one of paramount's uh, leading stars, if not like their their main leading star, um, yeah. So like that that whole aspect is is really cool. So so you 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 kind of switch between this real sunny outdoor LA location work, this like very real Paramount set shooting that they're doing until Joe Gillis arrives at the mansion because he he's being he's being chased by repo men and he ducks into a driveway seemingly of this abandoned neglected mansion that he describes as a uh, great big white elephant of a property um <laughs> where is it ever the the uh, silent era movie star madam once again norma desmond is uh waiting for him which actually has this kind of creepy horror movie vibe to it as well where it's just like oh i've been waiting for you and you're like i just like ducked in here what are you talking about you've just been waiting for me yeah. but she it turns out that she thinks he's the man who's been called to prep her pet chimps funeral <laughs> i love his reaction yeah. to uh von stroheim the butler the very devoted butler who also has kind of a tragic backstory we'll get to. But the the Von Stroheim comes up to him and he's like, if you need any help with the coffin, call me. And his face is just <laughs> like, like, what? Well, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like, like just that, 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 that confusion and that, like, uh, the, the reference to death and mortality as well. He's so confused about the whole thing. And... They, yeah, it turns out she's burying her chimp in this very, uh, as as uh, Gillis describes it, this very dignified, serious burial, which he thinks is, like, insane. Because she's, like, she's burying this, like, pet monkey like it was her son. And I think he even says at one point, he must have been a very important chimp. The great, great <laughs> grandson of King Kong, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also love the, it, it, once again, it kind of reminds me of something that you'd see in a horror movie and, like, it, but I guess there's a mixture of the black comedy because it ends up being a monkey. But when he walks in and then 
um, the, the monkey paw just kind of like falls out, oh, of, falls the, out yeah. out of the blanket and just kind of hangs there. And then they do this really strange uh, kind of top view close up of the monkey's dead face. And uh, yeah. later on, he sh- sees Norma all dressed in black for the funeral of the monkey burying yes. him out in the yard. And she's holding like three candles. And it just feels so um, surreal and kind of horrific and gothic uh, a lot of the time with her, uh, especially in the. Well, I, I wouldn't even say, I guess, just the beginning. It really does just go throughout the entire thing. Anytime you're in the mansion with her, especially. Yeah, I mean, well, her whole mansion is just like a whole nother world. And and it is it is stylistically yeah. and it is in terms of its design. And, it's like and traveling it really, back in time, essentially. It, it is. And it, it's such a great use of it in the story because you have this guy who's used to being in L.A. outside, being in L.A., 1950s L.A. And then all of a sudden he is literally in what feels like a like 1920s horror film practically <laughs> yeah um yeah and, and you and you have like the the marble and the arches and the and the satin like the design of it is like outdated and a little tacky or, but then you you also have one of my favorite details is the fucking 1920s a uh, pipe organ that makes mm. really eerie noises like through the like uh, uh, there's one part where he's literally walking into the house and being shown around and the uh it, it's just like this weird whistle almost and yeah. she basically and before you know what it is like we can hear it like the the vibe is already kind of off we're like is this just the score of the film and then you have norma uh acknowledge that it is a diegetic noise and she goes oh that's just the the wind in the pipe organ i should you know i should get rid of it one day it's it's creepy <laughs> yeah yeah they also even have a, a a really cool shot that i love where it focuses on um uh, Max's hands as he's playing the the organ at one point. That's a great just, shot. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, uh, uh, Golden comes in or Holden comes in and you know notices him playing and all of that. But it just it reminds me of once again, I guess, like kind of a haunted house horror film, an, an old school horror film where it's like the creepy butler like playing music at night or just the piano playing by itself or something like that. And that's another um, example of we hear that music when he wakes up in bed the next day, right? So we hmm. hear it and it's almost score before it's actually we find out that it's just like the creepy 1920s silent era butler playing the creepy <laughs> horror song from the 1920s. Yeah, um, yeah. Or I love the detail too where, um, and this, you know, we'll get into some more with, with Norma's character and her kind of psyche, I guess, but... Uh, where she is uh, suicidal, so they don't have, you know, any locks.